All right. Happy Mother's Day, Thrive Church. How are we doing today? Mothers, we're grateful for you. We wouldn't be here without you, literally. That's a dad joke. Come on. You got you to gotta give it up for that, right? But well, we're in a series called Chasing Carrots, if you just joined us. We're looking at the pursuits in life that we go after for the endless pursuit of more that usually leaves us empty inside. If you have your copy of God's Word, turn to Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. Uh, this whole idea was introduced to me before I even gave my life to Christ. Back in 1998, I played in a, in a well, actually I didn't play in a band, but I would go to shows to watch punk bands play. I wasn't a follower of Jesus. I was a pretty rowdy, crazy guy. I saw this flyer in a skate shop, and at Dust Skate Shop, it had this house show, this concert in a garage. Like, back in my day, that was really awesome. You go to garage shows and watch bands play. So my friend and I got the flyer. We said, we're going to go watch this show. And when we did, um, me being the person that I was before I knew Christ, I brought my 12-pack of Milwaukee's Best, The Beast, because that's all I could afford. And I brought some other stuff with me. I get to the concert, the little house show with my friend, and we look around, and something strange is going on. No one else there has any alcohol. No one else is doing anything else. I don't even hear any cussing. I'm like, this is a punk show. What is this? It's like the Twilight Zone. I realized at that point, I think this is something that is Christian. I wasn't a Christian. And one of the people walked over to me and said, hey, um, this is a Christian show. Do you have to drink beer here? I said, yeah, it's fine. I just didn't get the hint. So as the show went on, I, wa- I walked in to the show. I had my beer in my hand, and I'm watching Jesse and the Rockers, a little small band that was touring. And the guy who's now my good friend, his name's Heath Williamson, who led the band, he paused during the concert, and he said this. He said, some of you have an empty life, and you're trying to fill this void in your heart through just pleasures. He says, and the more that you pursue that, the emptier you're going to feel in life. And I sat there, and I'm like, I think he's talking to me. Like, not madly, but I was like, yeah, I I feel that way. And that one statement that he made, that Christ can fill your life, pleasures and pursuit of pleasures can, messed me up. Because several months later, right before I gave my life to Christ, two weeks before I gave my life to Christ, I went on a partying spree one weekend. And I partied, and I partied, and I partied. I mean, I mean, I was at East Carolina University in the late 90s, y'all. Number one party school in the East Coast. I didn't do well in studies. I excelled in partying. The next morning I got up, and my friends and I were going to eat lunch, and I'll never forget how I felt. As I was walking to go eat lunch with them, inside I said, I hate this feeling. Why don't I feel better after all that we did last night? And I felt so empty inside. And the words of Heath from that band rang true to my ears saying, the more that you pursue pleasures, pleasures, the emptier you're going to feel, only Christ can do it. And that statement changed my life. And what I want to talk to you about today is that how many of us, whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're not, many of us have been tricked into believing that following pleasures and pursuing comforts and pursuing the conveniences of life are going to really make us happy And they don't. And Jesus was speaking to a group of people who were kind of like following him. They were checking out his miracles. They were, you know, eating the fish and the loaves. They thought he was pretty cool. They loved those tricks. And Jesus said, 
I want to bring you into a deeper level, a deeper level of relationship with me, and I want to give you a secret to life that no one's ever taught you. And in Matthew chapter 16, here's what Jesus says to them. He says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my, my sake, you will save it. Upside down thinking. And, and the words in the Greek there, if you try to hang on to your life, that means to preserve it. That means to do all that you can just to hang on to what you got. He says, you actually never find it. You're going you're gonna to lose it. You're going to be empty inside. And then he says, but if you give up your life for my sake, he says, you'll save it. That word save has nothing to do with spiritual salvation. For once you confess Christ and you call him your Lord and you're a follower of Jesus. That word save there means to find or discover. And Jesus is saying that your life is truly hidden in him. And what you're searching for and when the deep recesses of your heart, you know you're empty. You know you've been trying to fill your life with so many things. And you come to this point that either you want to discover the life that Jesus has given you or you want to continue to be empty. See, we live in a world that tells us pleasures will make you happy. Comforts will make you happy. Conveniences will make you happy, right? Like my son is now watching advertisements on TV with me, and he's starting to want to ask questions about them. But what does that mean? Why are they showing that? I said, because they want to sell that to you, son. Well, why do they want to sell it to me? They're, because they want to make money. Well, what is that? I'd tell them, I said, look, here's the deal with all commercials. They just promise to make your life easier and better, right? Every commercial. And there's a truth to that, that we're often in our lives, we're lied to by the enemy of our souls, that if you'll just pursue more pleasure, if you just get more, if you're just more comfortable and more convenience in life, you're really going to be happy. And here's what Jesus told his disciples Here's what I have found out, and hopefully you'll find out. Write this down today in your notes. Because easy comforts will lead to an empty life. Easy comforts will lead to an empty life. If the highest goal of our lives is just to be comfortable and convenient, if it's just to have more to try to make ourselves happier, the truth of the matter is it's upside down. You'll, get, you'll, you'll be emptier. And what I experienced before I came to know Christ was the more I partied, the more I drank, the more I did drugs, the harder stuff that I did, the emptier I felt inside. And Jesus says, if you really want to find this life, life, life and life abundantly, you've got to learn that you cannot pursue pleasures for the sake of pleasures. See, here's what pursuing comfort does to us because we all do it in here. I'm just as guilty as the rest of you guys. Number one, here's what it does. It reveals that we have a shallow faith. Like, like if our goals in life is just to be comfortable and just to get more pleasure and just to try to be happier all the time and to take the easiest way out, it, review, it reveals our faith is actually very shallow because we're living for ourselves. It's all about us. And that's what we're taught, right? I mean, look at the, the media around you. The more that you care about yourself, take care of yourself, it's all about you, the happier you'll be. And that's not the truth. And in the most mature people have learned that life and living for something beyond them is the greatest level. Here's what Paul says, and I love what he writes to the church in Corinth. 
2 Corinthians 5.14, he says, For Christ's love compels us. See, when you've met the love of Jesus, it does something to you. Not when you've been to church, not when you like church, not when you like the music, not when you like a speaker, but when you interact with the love of Jesus. Like when I met Jesus on March 1st, 1999, I've been interacting ever since. Here's what it does to you. Paul says this, that those who live, um, are you breathing today? Yes? Say yes. Yeah. Those who live. So he's saying those who live. You know who that is? Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. Right? Through your mask. They couldn't understand you. He says, for those who live should no longer live for themselves. Then what do you do? But for him who died for them and was raised again. See, comforts, when you just pursue that, reveals that you're spiritually shallow. Spiritual depth is when you live for the purpose of Christ beyond yourself. And that's where you find the greatest amount of joy in your life. Secondly, here's what pursuing comfort does to us as well, and it's pretty dangerous. It removes the need for faith. If we're always seeking the easiest way out and comfort and pleasures, then we never live by faith. Later on, I'm going to ask you the question. You're going to have to think about this. Where, where's your faith at? I mean, what are you believing for? What are you really getting down your, on your knees and praying to God, trusting God for that's stretching you? Well, if you live for comforts, and you're always praying for comforts and looking for comforts, it removes the need of faith. And here's what that does. The writer of Hebrews, he says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him, comes to God, must believe that he exists. Yeah, that's, that's the easy part, right? And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so when we live for pleasure and live for comfort, we end up removing the need of faith and actually live a life that's not pleasing to God. You know what pleases God? Is when you go to your heavenly Father with something that's bigger than you are, something you have no control over, and you fully trust your heavenly Father that he's going to take care of it. And that pleases him because he loves you so much. He cares about every detail of your life. And when you go to him like a little child saying, I trust you and I know you're going to come through, that brings pleasure to the heart of God. But here's, you got to understand the antidote of that. We have an enemy of our souls, and he's Satan. No, no, he's not going to make your head spin around like one of those crazy horror movies. He's not going to do crazy weird stuff. The, the easiest thing is to make someone fall in love with pursuing pleasure and pursuing comforts in life and always taking the easiest way out, the easiest, the least path of resistance. There was a story of a man one day. He was a contractor. He had a guy who built houses for him. And he came to him and he said, sir, he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. If you'll build this house, the moment you get finished with it, I'm going to give you a brand new house. I just need you to finish this house. Just build it, and the moment you get finished, you get a key. The man said, all right. You know what he did on that house? He said, if I can finish in two, I know it's going to take six months. If I can finish in two months, I can get a brand new house in two months. And that guy cut every corner he could. I mean, he just broke every code known to man. He just used the cheapest wood. He used the cheapest shingles, the cheapest windows. I mean, it was just terrible. He got through with it. He goes to the contractor and says, 
I'm finished. Can I have my key to my brand new house? And the contractor gives him the key and says, this is the house that you've built. This is your house. And the man was devastated because he spent that time cutting corners, taking the easiest way out. Do you know for many of us, that's what happens in our lives. We spend our whole lives cutting corners, taking the easiest way, pursuing comfort. And then we get to this place in our life, right? And you're like, I don't like my life. I don't like what's around me. I don't like the person in the mirror. And I'm not happy because you've been tricked into saying, if I can just push after comfort and push after pleasure and take all the easiest ways out, then you know what? Then I'll be happy. And many of us have not got to the point yet to understand that pursuing that comfort will never fill you. I mean, I mean for, for some of you, you think, hey, if I can just get that next thing, I'll be happy. What is that for you? Some of you, let's just be honest in here. You have addictions. You have addictions. You think, well, if I can just, you know what, one more glass of wine in the evenings, one more beer, and I'll, I'll feel good. But why is it you keep feeling emptier inside and you're not happy, you're not a better spouse, you're not a better father, you're not a better mother? Because it's lying to you. Some of us are addicted to pain medications. And we think, oh, if I, I just need more to feel good and be happy. And inside you're dying. Others of us, men in here, look, can I just be honest, on Mother's Day you're addicted to pornography. And you think just one more hit, man, I'll be good. And it never fills you, Right? For the eyes of hell are never satisfied, it says in Proverbs. It never satisfies you. And friends, can I tell you today that Jesus wants you to have a life of satisfaction where you're content and you enjoy him and all that he's given to you. Now, here's what you have to do if you're going to do that. I want you to write this down. To make that shift and experience that life that, that, that only Jesus can give, choose a life of pleasure over a life I mean, life, excuse me, excuse me, choose a life of purpose over a life of pleasure. Choose purpose over pleasure. Now, we're celebrating moms today, right? And I don't think you really begin to appreciate a parent until you become a parent. And moms in here made that decision. And we're going to talk about dads in you know, about a month from now. So dads, you just chill out if you're doing a good job. I'm not, I'm not, hitting, I'm not hitting you, but can I just be honest? There are more single moms in here that bring their children to church and are raising their children on their own than there are single dads. And these moms have found that their purpose is in something outside of who they are. It's the children. And they're making great sacrifices for these children. My mom sacrificed so much for me. I never got a chance to say thank you because she passed away before I ever had a child. And now I'm like, good gracious, now all these memories are coming back of all that she did for me. And she found her purpose in me. And here's what she had to do. She had to say no to pleasures in order to have purpose. And today, I mean, I'm a dad in here. I have a wonderful wife who's an excellent mother, but all I know is being a dad. And can I tell you, here's how I'm able to gauge if I'm being a really good dad. Listen to me. I have to say no to pleasures to say yes to purpose. Now, what is my purpose? It's not ministry. It's not even this church. It's my son. He's the greatest thing that I have in my life to pour into. So this morning, here's what happens. Um, It's, let me say this, qualify, it's easier Stay-at-home moms in here. Can I just say something? You have a very difficult job. Can somebody say amen? If somebody ever tells you it's an easy job, then they're, they're lying. So 
My son wants attention all the time. It's very difficult. It's easier for me to go to the office and work than it is to have to spend time with him because he, he takes all my energy, all my mental. Like, you know, it is like you have, you're just locked in all day long. This morning, I wanted to get here early. I wanted to pray and prepare and put some worship music on in the office. And, and that's easy for me. That's good. That feels good, you know? And I'm getting ready. He comes down the stairs. He sees me there. He's excited that I'm still home. And he says, before, he said, he said, before you interrupt me and you tell me that you got to go, just hear me out. Here's what I've done. I've built a Lego ship for you. I went ahead and built it because I knew you didn't have time so we could play before you go. And I had a choice that, at that moment to say no to my purpose and say yes to get here early, drink coffee alone, is what I like to do, and look at a message that you're probably going to forget in two weeks anyway, right? It's a joke. And I had to say no to that to say yes to him. I'm going somewhere with this. That's the very thing Jesus did for us. He said no to the easiest way out, no to the pleasures, no to comfort to say yes to us who was his purpose. The purpose of the cross is so you and I could be in fellowship and relationship with our Heavenly Father, the creator of the universe. And Jesus did that. He could have called legions of angels down on that cross and destroyed everybody within a blink of an eye. They'd been obliterated. And he gets off the cross. He says, yeah, I ain't got to go through this. I'm a king. But don't you look at what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12 too. He says, we do this. Talking about having your faith strong and, and really saying no to the things that don't matter in life. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And this is what you pay attention to. Watch. Because of the joy awaiting him. Was there anything joyful about being beat as a criminal to the point that you were unrecognizable Wrongly accused me and put on the cross. There's nothing joyful about that. But it says, for the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated, seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Jesus said, I'll go through the hardest time because I'm going to live for purpose and not pleasure because of joy. And the joy was us. I want to encourage you. Where is it in your life that you're being tricked or run after pleasures and comfort and conveniences and you're missing purpose? Where is that for you? We all have that. And I want to help you out. How do you find that purpose in life? The first thing you're going to do is this. Don't live with a win-then mentality. Don't live with a win-then mentality. Some of us are missing purpose because we procrastinate. I'll do it when? Tomorrow. See, some of us need to stop some things in our life. And we're saying, I'll stop tomorrow. Some of us need to start some things in our life. I'll start tomorrow. And what the enemy wants to do in our lives is make us think we have more time than we actually have. That I'll just start tomorrow or I'll quit tomorrow. I had this one guy, It was um, he, he passed away recently and um, you know, he would always tell me, Pastor, you wait. One day when I win the lottery, I'm going to give this church some money. Bless his little heart. You guys know what that means in, in southern terms. He just would, every day, I just, God bless you, sir. I thank you. Yes, you, you, you know. Well, he never won the lottery. 
right? I say that in a teasing manner to tease that out, but that's how we treat the things of God. Well, God, when I get a bunch of time, then I'm really going, God, when I win, I win, 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 win. And when you look at Hebrews 11, read that chapter, every person of faith in the hall of faith who lived for purpose had to act before God reacted in their life. They had to take a step before God took a step. And many of us want God to give it all first and front everything on the front end, and then we'll serve God on the back end. And that's not how it works. What is the step God's asking you to take? Uh, the second thing is this. Identify what your big ask is. I said ask. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Y'all unholy people in church. Identify what your big ask is in life. What is it, as I said before, that you believe in God for that's bigger than you? that brings pleasure to your heavenly Father, that you actually believe that He can and He will do it for you. To have faith, to say, God, I'm believing for this. So we all, so many of our prayers, it just, I'm sorry, I know I'm a little cynical and jaded, but you just hang with me for a second, is that okay? I am sick of American westernized Christianity. We pray for comfort, that's all we pray for. We don't pray for people to have their eyes open to the gospel. I've never seen people ask for that in prayer requests. To pray for a revival to be sparked through our region. People coming to know Christ or praying for friends that are far from God. We're always praying for our ingrown toenails, right? Our outpatient surgeries that we're usually causing some of that through all of our bad habits. God, and if you survey your prayers, how many of your prayers are about making your life more comfortable? And how many of your prayers are about God's calling? What is your big ask to God that you're praying for? that's connected to his calling that would make his kingdom come in your life. Think about that. What is the big ask? That's how you live for purpose. And finally, finally, it's this. Look for what brings you joy. I didn't say happiness. Look for what brings you joy. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is about you. God did not save you to make you happy. His ultimate goal is not making you happy. His ultimate goal is making you holy, right? To set you apart for his purposes. But you have to say, what brings me joy? See, Jimmy V said this in his Never Give Up speech. And again, I'm a big NC State fan, so it's like our, our, you know, one of the things that you grow up listening to every year. He said, find something every day that makes you weep, makes you cry, and find something every day that brings laughter to you. And there's a truth about it. If you want to find joy in your life, find the things that make you angry when you find out about them, when you see them, when you hear about them, when you, whatever, in the newspaper you see it, and you're just like, oh. I'm not talk about politics. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Some of y'all get too angry about that stuff. But when you see that, you say something's got to be done about that. What, what brings you personal misery that you wish you could help fix? That's a key to your joy. And then what brings you fulfillment when you see that happen in life? See, Paul said this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. He said, after all, what gives us hope and joy? And what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? He said, it is you. Yes, it is you. See, Paul's joy in life before this, he was the top Jewish religious leader. He, had, he lived in an ivory tower. He had every comfort known to man. 
He would have been the top Jewish religious leader when Gamaliel died. Instead, he gives his life to Christ. And his whole life was about other people being beaten, imprisoned, misunderstood, rejected. And he gets to this little place called Thessalonica, which you could visit today. Nobody knew Jesus there. Nobody had received the gospel. And, and, and he gets there and he preaches the gospel and they come to know Christ. And he gives you an insight. He says, what is my hope and joy? It was advancing the ranks of Judaism, right? Now what is it? It's those people. He says, that's my hope. That's my joy. What is that for you in your life? Jesus wants you fulfilled. He wants you to be full of the life that he wants to give. He hurts over your emptiness in your soul more than you hurt over it. And if you will let him, church, I'm telling you, if you will have a moment with Christ, either right now or, or this week, he wants to fill that void so you'll stop chasing the carrots of comfort and pleasures that are never filled. If it could have filled you, it would have done it by now, right? He wants to help you. So let's pray. Father, this morning, we need your help. We need you to fill our lives, God. Forgive us of pursuing pleasures and comforts and conveniences as our highest calling in life. When our highest calling is pursuing you and your purpose, Lord. Give everyone in here and those watching online today, give them courage to lay down some things and courage to start some things. Give them courage to make some tough decisions instead of the easiest decisions. Give them some courage, God, to recalibrate today to live a life of purpose over a life of pleasure. God, we can't do this without you. We ask for your Holy Spirit to help us do this. And as we're praying today, church, if you don't know Jesus, maybe you were where I was at 20 years ago. And you know you're trying it, you're trying, and nothing is filling your life. And you want to receive Christ today. You want him to fill that void in your life right where you're sitting. I want you to make this confession of faith or pray this prayer after me, and it's this. God, I admit that I'm a sinner. Yes, I cannot save myself. But I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day. I believe he is Lord. And today I give my life to you, God. I surrender it all. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins and fill this void in my heart so I can live for you. In Christ's name I pray, amen, amen.